Has this ever happened to you? You complete a proxy baptism only to discover they've already been dumped. All that wasted effort. Or maybe you were baptizing Anne Frank for the 47th time and had a nagging feeling she wanted you to stop. If only there was a way to know. Well, now there is. Introducing the all-new church-approved Moroni's Ouija board. Now you can contact the dead directly. Just ask if they're baptized, or if they'd like to watch you get wet in their place. It's that easy. Forget blind ordinances. Be certain you're saving souls. I was going to the temple almost every week doing proxy baptisms. Later, I learned that half those spirits were already done. It was such a challenge to my faith. Now, before going to the temple, I just contact the dead directly with my Moroni's Ouija board. No more wasted ordinances and finally some free time. If this keeps up, I might discover myself. And do you know how much gas money I've saved? The temple is 50 miles away. Moroni's Ouija board is the perfect gift for true believing Mormons of all ages. You're never too young to see dead people. Gee, thanks, Dad. I love my Moroni's Ouija board. And Moroni's Ouija boards are preferred by five out of six elders on their missions. Now remember... If you value your time, don't proxy baptize. With the spirits first converse before you go to be a must. You can set much higher goals in your drive to save more souls. Moroni's Ouija board is a sacred key. Grab one now and frustrate the enemy Save your time cause it's difficult to get Then only get wet when there's consent Moroni's Ouija Board is the product and registered trademark of iNephi Industries which is a subsidiary of the Patriarchy Corporation established in 1830. Hey, did I hear y'all had some flooding down there a couple weeks ago? Yeah. We had some really bad flooding. I've actually got some videos from out my window. So you are in Brisbane then? I am, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw some videos. I was like, fuck, that looks bad. <laughs> it was so bad that supermarkets couldn't get food in and stuff like that. Oh, shit. Oh, that sucks. No one starved, but... Yeah, it made it a little more of a struggle than it needed to be. Yeah. People died, though. Yeah? I don't know what the body count was, but... Bummer. Was it flash flooding, or was it, like, people trying to drive through flooded areas that shouldn't be driving through it? I think it was usually overconfident men. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> God, there's a lot of those around here. Testosterone will do that. Uh. It, it does seem to, honestly, yeah. It's what women like about them, sort of. No, it's what men think all y'all yes. want out of us men. They're like, hey, you ladies want us to be overconfident and macho. And, oh, I'm dead. So, uh. yeah, we got plenty of that machismo bullshit around here in my <laughs> neck of the woods as well. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Men have rewarding features too. You just got to go for your positives, right? I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I find them to be as annoying as hell, but my wife seems to like at least a couple of them. So. <laughs> And luckily, I'm one of them. <laughs> that's good. Jeff Goldblum is one of the other ones, so I don't know what the fuck that says about me or my wife. I don't get that. Hey, why do people like Jeff Goldblum so much? Like, the ladies seem to like him, and I'm not one of those ladies. I think part of it is that my wife was of a certain age when Jurassic Park came out with a shirt unbuttoned and all glistening. And I think that just <laughs> stuck in her mind. But to be fair, she obviously is attracted to strange men. So, ah, right. <laughs> so I, she's got a type, I guess. 
It's so. actually interesting. The women in my wife's family seem to have a type. Oh. So her and her sister and her baby sister have married guys, all three of us probably on the spectrum. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely on the spectrum. My brother-in-laws are probably on the spectrum. <laughs> all three of us are socially inept as hell. We're totally into nerdy shit, you know, and we uh, tend to be very opinionated. <laughs> so it's like when we get together, we're like, oh my God, we talk about nerd shit and it's funny. It sounds like you might be very well suited to being a co-host on a podcast. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot. That's for sure. My in-laws found out that I was doing this podcast. Oh, they did? Yeah. What did they say? What did they do? Did they listen? Oh, are you fucking kidding? Well, I highly doubt it. Hi, Jones's in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. They would not make it through the first five minutes of the first episode I did. Oh. Much less this far. What happened was they live about an hour and a half away in a very rural part of Utah. My son just turned 15 and they wanted him to come out so they could give him a birthday present and stuff like that. And whenever I go out to my in-law's house, I sit around and stare at my phone with my headphones on. That's the way. Well, mainly because I can't relate to them <laughs> in any way, shape, form, manner. And they don't really want to talk to me. So it's a stressful environment. So I tend to compartmentalize myself away so I have a buffer. Sure, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay here. I don't want to get in the car, drive for an hour and a half, hang out for an hour and a half, and then drive for another hour and a half. So they went up there, and my in-laws, trying to be polite, were like asking, what's Jones up to and what's doing? And my wife's like, oh, you know, he's just being stay-home dad, and he's doing this and that. Oh, he's doing a podcast. No, she did not say it. My boy said it. Oh, don't forget about the podcast that dad's doing. And my in-laws like, oh, he's doing a podcast? And God bless my wife. I love her dearly. She is my life. But she does have a little bit of hang up about fibbing. And that's a good thing, you know, being willing to be honest. But I think this might have been one of the instances where she might have wanted to fib to her parents because she's like, oh, well, it's just a podcast he's doing with the lady he met on the internet from Australia. And they are just talking about stuff. And it's this random woman they've met. Yeah, exactly. They wanted to leave it there. And then they're like, oh, well, what's it called? She goes, well, it's called the Book of Boredom, and they make fun of the Book of Mormon. Hmm. And my in-laws were like, oh my God, oh, I'm so offended. And like, oh, really? my father-in-law just made a very disappointed sound, apparently. Oh. But my mother-in-law, you're okay with him doing that? You're letting him do that? She's like, hey, he's an adult. You can do what he wants. B, it's funny. Thanks, James's wife. I'm glad you think it's yeah. funny. <laughs> and she also said that, that it's not her job to tell me what to do. My mother-in-law, well, I can't believe that you would let him do that. She's like, why? She's like, well, that's something that's sacred. And my wife's like, well, not to him it is. And they go, well, it's it's sacred to his in-laws. And my wife said, well, he's not making you listen to it. If he was, then I might have a problem with it, but yeah. he's not making you listen to it. So they were still offended. It's weird, isn't it? Nah. Well, no, it isn't. Because... <laughs> It's humans. It is humans. You're right. But it's also Mormons. Mormons expect you to be respectful of what they hold to be sacred, their belief structure and their scriptures. It's so sacred. Everybody should hold it sacred. But on the other hand, they have no problem shitting on everybody else's stuff, <laughs> yeah. mocking it or making light of it, disregarding it. My wife and I have been kicking back and forth the idea of starting another podcast that Ooh. 
is going to be called something to the effect of From Fetch to Fuck, A Marital <gasps> Exploration of Swearing. A marital exploration of swearing. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> because I've been swearing since I was in second grade. And my wife still hasn't started. She doesn't swear. A lot of women don't swear as much as men, though. There is a gender difference between the two. Actually, it depends on how you look at the data, because that's one of those commonly held beliefs about oh. swearing. But it's not really true. It's like there is some truth to it. Swearing versus blasphemy, you know, like. Is it more the kind of swearing that's different? Yeah, that's part of it. And also, you know, like substituting words. In Mormon culture, swearing shows that you are a base and unintelligent person. <laughs> because you can't think of a different word to replace your swearing. Actually, studies have shown that people who do swear swear the most generally have the biggest and most varied vocabulary compared to people who don't swear. Oh, really? Yeah. My vocabulary is so big right now, Jones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I use a lot of big words and it annoys people. I think your vocabulary might be bigger than mine, though. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> It'll be fun if we do that. Well, keep us posted. I'm excited. I will. But my wife, you know, when she was a kid, her and one of her neighborhood friends had a tree next to the parking lot of the Mormon church by her house, and they called it their swearing tree. Oh, the swearing and they climb tree. up it and say all the swear words they knew, <laughs> which consisted of damn, hell, crap. It always sounds like a children's story, doesn't it? The swearing tree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, I have heard my wife swear a few times. Okay. 97% of the time, it has been because my wife loves to do this thing where she repeats what I say. Oh. <laughs> kind of tease me and that's fine because sometimes it does get a rise on me. If I notice her doing that, I'll slip a swear word in there that's and then she'll repeat it. Uh, immediately hits me. <laughs> She's like, ah, you made me swear. <laughs> I was like, oh, you said it. That's very crafty, Jones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I can't claim that I do that all the time. Probably like two out of the 10 times that it's worked, I actually did on purpose. The rest of the time, I just you know, I fucking swear. And that's what I do. All the words come out. That's and right. she just happens to be repeating me at that point in time. And oops, <laughs> now she's saying a bad word. I bet you like it when she says a bad word, though. It probably makes her somewhat more attractive to you as well in some ways. It's, it's kind of, no. <laughs> My wife swearing does not affect her overall attractiveness. Oh, uh, okay. Right. But in the moment, yeah, it's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> I should get into like marital therapy. There you go. <laughs> I wanted to do this thing with Paul, Dr. Patience and Nurse Paul. People could write in with their problems. I remember you talking about that. Dr. Jones, because you got to have Dr. Jones because of the acting yeah. song. Dr. Jones mm -hmm. and Nurse Patience. I like that. There you go. All right. So, Jacob, chapter two. Oh, yeah. Are you pumped for it? That is not the word I was looking for. No, I was having a read through it throughout the week. Yeah. And I did my little comparison again between the 1830 version and the modern version. And let me tell you, there's really not much difference, so I won't worry about it. I did notice, though, that there's quite a few verses that basically contradict everything that Joseph Smith did in regards to plural marriage. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just wondering how he managed to keep this in his book and still go on with all of that horse shit. One of the Mormon things as well, at this time, you know, it was not the right time for them to be doing. Oh, they've got an answer for everything, haven't they? Yes, they do. What's the point in even having the Bible there then if they're just going to contradict everything? Well, uh, because. <laughs> <laughs> it's a basis to go from, okay? <laughs> what we're going to be doing with Gigi tomorrow is we're listening to this podcast that the church put out in, I think it was 2018 for their latest history book called Saints. Oh, fuck me, Saints. Yeah, that whitewashed piece of shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. To go along with it, they did, I think, about 30 episodes of some podcasts where they'll go through some of the key stories oh, really? and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember there was two dudes and... They've got a token female. Yeah, the token female. That's just there to be like, oh, are you sure it's correct? And they're like, oh, we know it's correct. Yeah. Joseph Smith Yeah, I heard the excerpt. She's like, yeah, sure. Polygamy was really hard on the women, but, you know, it was all also really hard on the men. Ah, uh, they were so hard 24-7, Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of properly sympathizing with the women that were being put through this bullshit, she turns it back onto the men and how they were suffering and how they didn't want to do it, but the Lord called them and therefore they were brave and righteous men. Ah, uh, they just had to put their dick into somebody else. Oh, mm -hmm. it was just mm -hmm. so difficult. Oh, it even yeah. hurt. <laughs> well, yeah, they were doing it wrong then, I guess, huh? That's right. Unless you mm -hmm. like it and unless it's consensual. Exactly so. And also <laughs> using proper relaxation and lubrication techniques is also important. That's right. It doesn't have to hurt. Exactly. If you don't want it to. <laughs> exactly. Which, being raised Mormon, they don't teach you about any no. of that stuff. Oh, dear. Mormons. Uh-huh. So much education needs to happen. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. Let's start this thing. Jacob denounces the love of riches, pride, and unchastity. The fuck? It's not even a fucking word. Unchastity. You can't just put un in front of a fucking word to make it mean the opposite. That's great. Oh, God. I love it. Unchastity. <laughs> men may seek riches to help their fellow men. The Lord commands that no man among the Nephites may have more than one wife. Well, Joseph was a Nephite, so obviously he was fine. Uh -huh. The Lord delights in the chastity of women. Doesn't give a fuck about the chastity of men. No. About 554 to 421 bees. Wow, that's quite the range there. That's 120 fucking, yeah, somewhere in there. <laughs> Verse 1. The words which Jacob, the brother of Nephi, spake unto the people of Nephi after the death of Nephi. Yay! <laughs> now, my beloved brethren, I, Jacob, according to the responsibility which I am under to God to magnify mine office with soberness and that I might rid my garments of your sins. I come up unto the temple this day that I might declare unto you the word of God. <sighs> Magnify mine office. Oh, fuck off. Just fuck all of my office. <laughs> that horse shit. Mm -hmm. And ye yourselves know that I have hitherto been diligent in the office of my calling. But I this day am weighed down with much more desire and anxiety for the welfare of your souls than I have hitherto been. Sure. The word hitherto. <laughs> I think, honestly, I've only ever seen it in the Book of Mormon. 
Like, <laughs> is it actually a word? I think it is. Yeah, unfortunately. I really wish I could say it wasn't, Jones. It pops up a lot in the uh, temple as well. It's a stupid word. <laughs> it's a dumb word. It's not necessary. Right. It's not as dumb as unchastity, but it's still pretty dumb. <laughs> Yeah, Unchastity should be the title of this episode. Hey, I'm down with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, verse four. Mm-hmm. For behold, as yet ye have been obedient unto the word of the Lord, which I have given unto you. Oh, okay, so they've been good little Nephites, have they? Fair enough. That's not true because in the previous chapter, they were just telling us about how they weren't following the word of God right? and they were having multiple wives and concubines and seeking after gold. Uh, it's kind of funny that joseph smith was saying you shouldn't do that that's exactly what he was fucking doing it's such a conflict Anyway, it is. Verse 5. But behold, hearken ye unto me, and know that by the help of the all-powerful creator of heaven and earth, I can tell you concerning your thoughts, how that ye are beginning to labor in sin, which sin appeareth very abominable unto me, yea, and abominable unto God. Huh? He can read your brains. He's clairvoyant. He's a mind reader, is what he's saying. Oh, okay. Oh, verse six. Yay, it grieveth my soul and and causeth me to shrink. Uh, Jacob, if only it really did cause you to shrink. It might have been a cold day. Maybe it did shrink. With shame, oh, do you have shame of your nether regions, Jacob, before the presence of my maker, that I might testify unto you concerning the wickedness of your hearts, that I must testify, rather. I think I read the old instead of the new. Yeah. <sighs> but, like, Jacob's motivation here seems to be saving his own ass. Of course. Because he's saying here, I have to call you guys to repentance, or it's going to be my fault that you guys fuck up. That reminds me of Brad Wilcox's gospel sermon. Mm-hmm. At the end, he was like, if you leave Mormonism, you lose everything. Yeah, you lose absolutely everything. I've always thought that trying to get people to follow your religion through fear is the lowest Mm. common denominator. The religion should have something else going for it than just fear of not being in it, right? There should be something good in there as well, but I don't think Mormonism has much of that. And that's also very interesting. You know, if there is an all-powerful, all-knowing God who say you have to follow my rules and you have to do it because you love me, but you're making people scared, so what they're doing is following the rules because they're scared, then wouldn't this all-powerful, all-knowing God know that you're not doing it for the right reasons? So you're fucked anyways? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And also, in Mormonism, before the earth was made and in pre-existence, there were two plans. There was Jesus and God's plan, and there was Satan's plan. And Satan's plan was to force everybody to follow the rules and to make them do everything so that everybody would return to be in God's presence. And Jesus's and God's was to give people the choice and to let them choose between good and evil. But inevitably, like with Brad Wilcox, they are trying to force you to follow. They're basically following Satan's plan while saying that 
Satan's plan was the bad one. Isn't that just so amusing? Because <laughs> if Jesus was serious about giving everybody a choice, then the choice wouldn't be between you have to do this, otherwise something horribly bad is going to happen to you. It should be, this is how I'd like you to do it, and these are the reasons. If you don't, you can't come here, but you're free to go and do whatever you want to do over there. Well, Mormons try and have that be the way it is with the three degrees of heaven, the terrestrial, telestial, and celestial, which the celestial is the top heaven where you will be with your family and be with God, and the lower two heavens are where you'll still be happy. It's still a wonderful place, but man, it'll suck so bad to be down there because you won't be God's presence, and it'll suck so bad to be down there because you won't see your family, and it'll suck so bad to be down there because you won't be able to progress further into the eternities, but you know, it's still good. Sounds better than the top. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But Mormons... You know, they're like, yes, you will be happy where you end up, but it's really going to suck and you shouldn't go there. <laughs> they try and make it sound really good and really bad at the same time. That's such a contradiction. It is. All right. I think it's your go. Verse seven. Yep. And also, it grieveth me that I must use so much boldness of speech concerning you before your wives and your children, many of whose feelings are exceedingly tender and chaste and delicate before God, which thing is pleasing unto God. Uh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Exceedingly tender and delicate. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Has he ever met a woman? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, they don't even consider... Like, women are second, third oh, class citizens as far as Mormonism is concerned. All right, verse 8. And it supposes me that they have come up hither to hear the pleasing word of God. Yea, the word which healeth the wounded soul. Verse 9. Wherefore, it burdeneth my soul that I should be constrained because of the strict commandment which I have received from God to admonish you according to your crimes, to enlarge the wounds of those who are already wounded instead of consoling and healing their wounds. And those who have not been wounded, instead of feasting upon the pleasing word of God, have daggers placed to pierce their souls and wound their delicate minds. That seems like a very specific and creative way to punish people, to open mm. up their wounds even further than they're already wounded. <laughs> like, what wounds are we yeah. talking about here? Like, that doesn't well, even make sense. He's saying your wives and children who haven't sinned have come here to hear happy and wonderful news from God. But because you dudes are such fuckheads, <laughs> I have to <laughs> say mean and cutting and cruel words and it's going to hurt you but it's also going to hurt your wives oh. so I feel bad about that but I'm going to do it anyways but what's this about them already having wounds and then he's going to enlarge those wounds like what wounds the wounds of having to deal with husbands that are whoring around and seeking after treasure and then he's going to enlarge the wounds yeah instead of having the healing words of God oh the healing wounds <laughs> right the healing <laughs> well I mean Jesus has got wounds all over his hands but they're oh supposed to gosh. heal, right? Yeah, stigmata, baby. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then the ones that don't have, uh, you know, shysters for husbands, they still have to deal with hearing the cutting words of God because that's what God wants. Fair enough. All right. Yep. Verse 10. But notwithstanding the greatness of the task, oh, it's so great, Jacob. I must do according to the strict commands of God and tell you concerning your wickedness and abominations in the presence of the pure in heart and the 
broken heart and under the glance of the piercing eye of the almighty God. What a whole lot of waffle. Par for the course. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Yep. Verse 11. Wherefore, I must tell you the truth according to the plainness of the word of God. Oh, it's so plain. Everyone just knows what it means. Mm -hmm. For behold, as I inquired of the Lord, thus came the word unto me, saying, Jacob, get thou up into the temple on the morrow, because they've built a temple, of course, already, and declare the word which I shall give thee unto this people. And now behold, my brethren, this is the word which I declare unto you, that many of you have begun to search for gold and for silver. Here we go again. And for all manner of precious ores. Well, of course they have. They have value, you dickhead. They probably want to trade with those around them. How else are they going to trade if they don't have precious things that take up small amounts of space? <laughs> In the which this land what the fuck phrase is that? Which is a land of promise unto you and to your seed. Doth abound most plentifully. If it really abounded plentifully, it wouldn't be valuable. Exactly. <laughs> Scarcity creates value. Anyway, your go, James. And the hand of providence hath smiled upon you most pleasingly, that you have obtained many riches, because some of you have obtained more abundantly than that of your brethren. Ye are lifted up in the pride of your hearts, and wear stiff necks and high heads because of the costliness of your apparel, and persecute <laughs> your brother. You're wearing, you know, fancy shoes. That's right. They've got starch in their collars. That's why their necks are stiff. Exactly. Because ye suppose that ye are better than they. And now, my brethren, do ye suppose that God justifieth you in this thing? Behold, I say unto you, nay. <laughs> but he condemneth you, and if ye persist in these things, his judgments must speedily come unto you. Oh, that he would show you that he can pierce you, and with one glance of his eye can smite you to the dust. Ah, uh, he's just Superman, isn't he? He's got beams mm -hmm. of whatever that come out of his eye. Sin-piercing rays. <laughs> okay, verse 16. Oh, that he would rid you from this iniquity and abomination, and oh, that ye would listen unto the word of his commands, and let not this pride of your hearts destroy your souls. Verse 17. Think of your brethren like unto yourselves. He loves saying like unto. He thinks that makes it sound extra King Jamesy. Yeah. <laughs> and be familiar with all and free with your substance that they may be rich like unto you. Free with your substance. I think what he's saying is Pass the hooch. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, early Mormons did practice uh, something that was called, the, or they tried to anyways, the law of consecration, which was basically uh, God-ordained communism. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> it didn't go very well. <laughs> no, it didn't go very well because humans are selfish pricks. <laughs> 
but maybe communism is a bit too extreme too. Communism is a bit too extreme. It's a wonderful theory, but as soon as you get people involved and people who are selfish and who <laughs> like to hoard things and like to have power over everybody, as soon as there's somebody in charge of something, they're going to gather power. They're going to gather sure. power and resources. That's so good. communism doesn't work. The law of consecration doesn't work because you have humans involved. Thanks, Brigham Young, for that little experiment. He invented communism before Lenin, and he didn't even put all of his own assets into the community either. He kept on to some of them. Very true. If it wasn't good enough for him, why did he expect anyone else to do it? <laughs> but before ye seek for riches, seek ye for the kingdom of God. All right, go, Jones. And after ye have obtained a hope in Christ, ye shall obtain riches, if ye seek them. And ye will seek them for the intent to do good, to clothe the naked, and to feed the hungry, and to liberate the captive, and to administer relief to the sick and the afflicted. Verse 20, And now, my brethren, I have spoken unto you concerning pride, and those of you which have afflicted your neighbor and persecuted him because ye were proud in your hearts of the things which God hath given you, what say ye of it? <laughs> I don't know. What do they? <laughs> <laughs> do ye not suppose that such things are abominable unto him who created all flesh? And the one being as precious in his sight as the other, and all flesh is of dust. And for the self-same end hath he created them, that they should keep his commandments and glorify him. Ah, uh, God's uh, up himself. He just wants everyone to glorify him. <laughs> he only makes things that think he's fantastic. But then when they don't think he's fantastic, he's like... He wipes them out. <laughs> yeah. Why are God so egotistical why do right. gods fucking care what us little ants think about like as a kid you have like an ant farm you don't give a flying fuck that these ants are worshipping you no unless you're an egotistical maniac <laughs> that's probably what God is uh, yeah exactly if God exists I think God has those attributes because humans have those attributes and humans invented him exactly the Greeks and Romans knew that their gods were very human right. in nature yeah. And they accepted that. Uh -huh. they, they didn't try and make excuses for it. They're no. like, yeah, that Zeus guy, he goes and fucks everything. Oh. He disguises himself as a swan and goes and fucks things. This guy is really fucked up, so don't piss him off. That's but so this cool. god is like, this god loves you and you should love him and everything's wonderful. But if you don't, you're going to hell. Because this is all out of the goodness of his heart, but it's really bad. But it's really actually really good. <laughs> all right, verse 22. And now I make an end. Oh, if only he made an end of speaking. Yeah. He, he, okay, he says here in verse 22, he makes an end. There's 13 more fucking verses. He's ain't making an end of shit. I think Joseph Smith was a bit ADD. He'd start down one track and then he'd lose his train of thought and then he'd get horny and do something else and call him into mm -hmm. the session with Oliver Cowdery and be like, oh, I have to leave early. Yeah, I don't think he knows what he's doing. I have to go feel up Fanny Alger in the barn. That's we'll be back right. Tomorrow. He's always got a date to go to. Mm -hmm. And now I make an end of speaking unto you concerning this pride and were it not that I must speak unto you concerning a grosser crime oh so he's saying I've finished saying something but now I've got a grosser crime to speak to you all about right first I'm telling you guys are so bad and evil uh -huh. being a treasure seeker shame on you but now this other stuff is worse than I'm about to shame you for <laughs> 
my heart would rejoice exceedingly because of you. So if it wasn't for that, my heart would rejoice. Yeah. But the word of God burdens me because of your grosser crimes. For behold, thus saith the Lord, this people begin to wax in iniquity. They understand not the scriptures, for they seek to excuse themselves in committing whoredoms <laughs> because of the things which were written concerning David and Solomon, his son. Oh, they did have a lot of wives, Jones, and concubines. Uh-huh. They kept it wet every night, let's face it. Oh, good God. <laughs> and probably every night when someone knew. Exactly. They just went through the rotation. And let's face it, they didn't actually exist. (laughs) There is more historical evidence for David than there is for Solomon, but it is admittedly pretty sparse. I think David, we have some actual like engravings and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. Not a lot. Not a lot. But I think I remember reading that Solomon, they are pretty much 100% sure was completely fictional. Uh If there was a king, David or Solomon, he wasn't this great grand king of this huge nation. He was a chieftain of a tribe. He was a warlord, just like on Xena, warrior princess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One time I was flying to Texas and I met the guy who played Jax, is that his name, from Xena, warrior princess? Jax. The nerdy guy who would follow Xena around. Oh, um, Juxa. Raimi. Yeah, Jaxer, that's it, yeah. Is it Sam Raimi or... No, Ted Raimi is his brother, the one that played Juxa. Yeah, Sam Raimi's the director who has directed the upcoming Doctor Strange film. And some of the Spider-Man movies or something. He did the first three. And the Evil Dead. Yeah, of course. You can't <laughs> skip Evil Dead. Army of the Dead was my favorite, honestly. I love that one. That was such a good one. Like, the original Evil Dead, I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> but the remake Evil Dead, which is basically exactly the same thing, just with a higher budget, that was enjoyable. But Army of the Dead, that one was great. I do wish they'd kept the original ending, though. I love Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell oh, is you just have the to best. love Bruce Campbell. I've listened to both of his books on Audible. Oh, yeah? They're fantastic. I you bet. should get them. They're I hilarious. Would. I've got something like nine <laughs> credits on Audible. Maybe I will. I think the first one might have been called If Chins Could Kill. That sounds familiar, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think I got up to verse. You ended on 23. Behold, David and Solomon truly had many wives and concubines, which thing was abominable before me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord, I have led this people forth out of the land of Jerusalem by the power of mine arm, that I might raise up unto me a righteous branch from the fruit of the loins of Joseph. Oh, stop talking about loins, God. Jesus. You want people to not have sex, but then you start talking about seed and loins and you're just <laughs> such a horny fucker because humans created you. Yeah, he's a Bronze Age God. What do you expect? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wherefore, I, the Lord God, will not suffer that this people shall do like unto them of old. Wherefore, my brethren, hear me and hearken to the word of the Lord, for there shall not any men among you have, save it be one wife, and concubines he shall have none. For I, the Lord God, delighteth 
no, he doesn't delight us. He delighted in autumns. <laughs> yeah. No, I just pulled a fucking Joseph Smith there and added a TH to the end of a word that didn't need a TH. In there. <laughs> Jesus, Jones. Well done, James. You're starting to get it. Uh huh. Really getting to the spirit of this bullshit. For I, the Lord God, delight in the chastity of women and whoredoms. Oh, no. Oh, that was, that was a separate sentence. He doesn't delight <laughs> chastity of women and whoredoms. And whoredoms. And whoredoms. <laughs> I love them whoredoms. Whoredoms are so cool. Whoredoms, whoredoms, whoredoms. Whoredoms. And whoredoms are an abomination. <laughs> or is it unchastity? Right. Oh, shit. Yeah, maybe, maybe this is one... I delight in the unchastity of women and whoredoms. For I, the Lord God, delight in the chastity of women, and whoredoms are an abomination before me. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. 29. Wherefore, this people shall keep my commandments, saith the Lord of hosts, or cursed be the land for their sakes. Oh, it's not the land's fault. No. Well, it... No. <laughs> In the back of my brain, I had a clever response. This happens to me all the time. Like, I have a thought, but between the back of my head, where my thoughts start, and my mouth, they diverge and go, like, out my ear or something. I, it happens all the time. I bet that's often very amusing for your wife when you're having conversations. Yes, and my kids. My kids love it when dad is saying something and then just, like, stares blankly off into space. Like, oh, he's having a brain fart. Another thing I'll do, which, when I'm talking, and I'm not really thinking about my words, I will say a word in place of a word that I know well that is not confusing, but the word that comes out of my mouth hasn't got a goddamn thing to do with that. Like, I might mean to say, all right, kids, everybody go get in the car, and I'll say something like, all right, kids, everybody go out and get into the mailbox, and they're like, what? what? Like, no, that's not my... It's... <laughs> Jump in the mailbox, and uh, let's go to the show. Yeah, shops. exactly. They think it's hilarious. Uh, at least you're keeping them amused, Joan. <laughs> I'm good for something other than picking them up from school and making dinner. That's steady. For if I will, saith the Lord of hosts, raise up seed unto me, I will command my people. Otherwise, they shall hearken unto these things. That's the out right there. 30. Oh. If I will raise up seed unto me, I will command my people to fuck many women. If I'm not commanding them to raise up seed, then they shouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't have thought it meant that. Mm -hmm. But is this what Mormons use it to mean, essentially? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so twisted. That's the entire justification that has been given in the Book of Mormon and in the Doctrine and Covenants for polygamy. That's so weak because it doesn't really say that. Like, Well, no, but that's what it means. Uh, <laughs> that's what it means because that's what it means, okay? That's just what it means. Yeah. In other places, it says it more explicitly, but that right there. And see, that's what makes it so funny when Mormons say, oh, well, yeah, okay, Joseph Smith, he married multiple women, but he wasn't having sex with them. Then he was doing it wrong. Oh. He wasn't doing it for the reasons <laughs> that God explicitly states you're supposed to do polygamy, which is to raise up righteous seed. And so he was doing it wrong. That's right. It does say seed there, and it does say to raise up that seed. 
<laughs> it doesn't say to marry these women and then not knock boots with them. That's right. You so, don't lower the seed. you got to raise it up. <laughs> yeah. Who was the guy in the uh, Old Testament who spilled the seed on the ground? Onan. Yeah, Onan. And God killed him because he was spilling his seed. And that's where we get the word Onanism from. Right. <laughs> Which everybody is. Everyone's an Onanist. Is that what that means? Just means someone who masturbates. Oh, really? <laughs> I think I've heard that word once. We just call people jerk-offs. Verse 31. For behold, I, the Lord, have seen the sorrow and heard the mourning of the daughters of my people in the land of Jerusalem. But he hasn't heard the man, just the daughters, because they're prettier to look at. Well, he delighteth in the chastity of women. He doesn't give a flying fuck about the chastity of men. That's right. Absolutely. Yea, and in all the lands of my people, because of the wickedness and abominations of their husbands, are oh, those evil husbands. Oh, mm-hmm. they just can't keep it in their pants, Jones. If only he'd let them wank, they could probably keep it in their pants. It'd be okay. Well, make it easier, me. Oh, it'd make it easier, that's right. I mean, there's always going to be the desire for novelty, of course. <laughs> Probably the women want some novelty every now and again then too, right? Right, yeah, missionary gets old after. <laughs> That's right, ladies, that missionary you're waiting for to come home in a couple of years. No, I was just talking about missionary position, but oh, I, I, I guess the actual missionary. Oh, 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 oh okay. All right. You were making a joke, and I, in my autistic wisdom, completely missed it. I like your autism (laughs) take on things, James. It's good. (laughs) And I will not suffer, saith the Lord of hosts, that the cries of the fair daughters of this people, (laughs) which I have led out of the land of Jerusalem, shall come up unto me against the men of my people, saith the Lord of hosts. What? Come up onto me against the men of my people. And I will not. Ah. Uh, yeah, he's saying, I don't want to hear these whiny bitches talking about you men. So stop being assholes. Yeah, is what I he's think saying. that's what he's getting at. Which I fully acknowledge that the way I said that was rude. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you were speaking in the Lord's voice and the Lord was being rude. Okay? Exactly so. All right, you'll go. Last three verses. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> All right. For they shall not lead away captive the daughters of my people because of their tenderness, save I shall visit them with a sore curse, even unto destruction. For they shall not commit whoredoms like unto them of old, saith the Lord of hosts. And now, behold, my brethren, ye know that these commandments were given to our father Lehi. Wherefore, ye have known them before, and ye have come unto great condemnation. For ye have done these things which ye ought not to have done. And I'm only telling you this paragraph because we know that Joseph fucked up the first book of Lehi. So I'm just putting it in here to let you know you're <laughs> fucked it up and you're never going to hear Lehi's story. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Exactly. All right. Last verse. Let's get this shit done. Behold, ye have done greater iniquities than the Lamanites, our brethren. Ye have broken the hearts of your tender wives and lost the confidence of your children because of your bad examples before them. And the sobbings of their hearts ascend up to God against you. And because of the strictness of the word of God, which cometh down against you, many hearts died, pierced with deep wounds. And what were those bad things that those people did? 
It was treasure seeking and getting it on with many different women that were not their wives. Exactly. And multiple wives because David had multiple wives and so did Solomon. And those were specifically things that he said, don't do that. Unless you're raising up seeds. Joseph is a hypocrite. Yes, he is. But oftentimes, cult leaders are. They say, you all do this and I'm going to do this. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks so much for chatting to us again today, chatting to me. I'm using yeah. the royal us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I mean, you guys are closer to being a British colony than we are. So, uh, Technically, are you guys part of the Commonwealth still or no? We are still part of the Commonwealth. Actually, yeah. I know that that's slowly been disintegrating over the years, but we're still in it. We just kicked them out and then fucked up everything anyway. So, (laughs) hey. It's a process. Humanity is progressing slowly, Jones. (laughs) Sure, but I'm going to be dead before they get anywhere near where they're supposed to be. (laughs) And we're going to make fun of this whole fucking book first. Hell yeah. Don't die on me yet. (laughs) I'll do my best. Next week on The Race of... Brad Wilcox. That's going to be fun. I have started to write some jokes and they're coming slowly. Unlike Brad, which I'm assuming comes very quickly. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that next one. <laughs> okay. All right, James. It's been great. I'll catch you later. See you soon. Okay, bye. Bye.